You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Good morning. Welcome to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ, 750 AM, 312-255-8408 is our number. Father Greg Sacco is the rector at Holy Name Cathedral in Chicago and co-host Mark Teresi, executive director of the cathedral. Mark, how are you this morning? Very, very good. We had a wonderful celebration at Cathedral yesterday, Christy Fidelis Awards. It was a tremendous celebration, a lot of... Uh, enthusiasm in terms of people sharing their time, talent, and treasure from the whole archdiocese. Uh, it, was, it was the Cardinal Subitas and the Bishop's Way and all of us to say thank you to laity leadership for all they do. In many ways, are the unsung heroes. Yeah, what a tremendous representation. Across, across the whole archdiocese. And maybe a shout-out, because it's our program here, shout-out to our awardees, Wayne Magyars, was very, very involved in Holy Name Cathedral, 43-year-plus parishioner, 43 years, and Gary and Peggy Massey, who both, as a couple, are very, very supportive and involved in Holy Name. So congratulations, Wayne, Gary, and Peggy. I second that, and I also tell people, you know, you are the church, we are the body of Christ. You can also get us on youtube.com slash catholicchicago. And one thing as a prelude to... um, to Ed Gordon joining us because we're going to talk COVID. Uh, a friend and I went to the Goodman last night to see the Las Mariachas, Mariachis, mm-hmm. but the feminine. Um, full theater. They checked our ID. They checked our uh, vaccination card. Everybody had a mask. And in some strange way, I felt safe. Maybe, uh, maybe Ed will help us say, is that a good to feeling or not? That. Yeah. In, so which means if you had not shown a vaccination card, you would not be admitted. And, or if you didn't have the mask, you wouldn't oh, be admitted. Interesting. Well, we have a great program lined up with Dr. Edward Gordon, an author, teacher, historian. It, it just goes on and on. Mm-hmm. I think the author of over 19 books. And Dr. Edward Gordon will give us an update on where things are with COVID-19, the pandemic. Following the conversation on the pandemic, Edward will shift to continue the conversation on the history of the Catholic Church. He's brilliant Mm -hmm. and a great friend. Dr. Edward Gordon, welcome to the program this morning. Mm -hmm. How are you, Edward? Fine. How are you guys? Good. Good, Thanks. How is your lovely wife, Elaine, doing? Oh, she's fine. She's watching on on her computer as well. And do you have your cup of coffee with you, Edward? Uh, I have uh, had several cups. Right. <laughs> no, no. And here's here's mine. Where's my camera? And, right and it's not because right, it's not because these are new glasses, but you're looking younger and younger every time 
You do. Come on. You, you really look, look great. great. Well, it's, it, it's because I'm on this program so much. <laughs> See, you guys I get me up. You guys <laughs> get me up at the crack of dawn, and I have to be uh, a white, uh, awake by eight o'clock so that I can uh, give forth some information of use to all our listeners. Great. I think you great. are. You probably hold the record as the most appeared guest on the radio program in our history. But you always have a wealth of knowledge. Now, part one of the program today, Mm -hmm. the continuing discussion of COVID-19. And the question we always ask you at the very top, Edward, if this were a ball game, not the White Sox game, but a different game, what inning are we in regarding COVID-19? At the moment, we're at the top of the eighth. Oh, Top of the eighth. Okay, now why would you say the eighth and not the fourth inning and not the ninth inning? Well, the good news is we're in another significant slump in our uh, COVID pandemic numbers. Since September, the numbers have dropped by 25%. Uh, So here in Chicago, the infection rate is down, the positivity rate is down to 2.4%. In the county, it's 2.3%. In the state, it's 2.7%. But Uh, The key factor is because more people have gotten vaccinated uh, and more people are wearing masks, now we are in another uh, COVID slump. Now, we've seen this before, folks, where the numbers have gone up and down, Uh, but we, we don't exactly know why this is happening. It could be that the number of people uh, that were going to get infected by the Delta variant now, uh, the, the vulnerables has peaked for a while. Uh, it could be because more people are following masking uh, and uh, uh, guidelines. Uh, also, the booster shots now are out. I got my booster shot with uh, Elaine last week, uh, which helps. Any side uh, effects, Edward? Any side yes. effects with the booster no. shot? No. And where did you go, just so our listeners... Walgreens. Okay. It's Pfizer. Mm -hmm. The Pfizer booster is approved. The others will be approved soon. The Moderna and Johnson & Johnson are coming, but they're not there yet. Now, Ed, did you have to make an appointment? How did that work? Just so our listeners know. We made an appointment online and went there uh, early in the morning, 8.30 for Elaine, 8.45 or it's 9.30 for Elaine, 9.45 for me. But we got okay. there now, early, yes. Now, here's the thing. We are, have moved from summer until fall. Fall gives way to winter. I guess the concern that I would have, Edward, is we all know that fall slash winter is the flu season. And I think one concern I have is if I were to get the flu, how do I jump to the conclusion that I don't have COVID-19? In past years, okay, you get the flu mm-hmm. and right. it happens. You pray, pray don't, you don't. But all of a sudden this year, if I start sniffling and other symptoms, you know, people may say, oh, my God, Greg, you have COVID-19, and yet we are yeah. entering flu season. So help us out there. Well, do you lose your sense of taste? Do you lose your sense of smell? Uh, also, do you have a high fever extending over several days? If you have those symptoms, you should get tested and see if you have COVID. Now, remember, we just had a new drug that has been approved by the government uh, that will help you, uh, the Merck 
now has a new drug, an antiviral pill that hopefully will be out soon and available through prescription. So uh, if you get that, uh, those symptoms and have COVID, your doctor may prescribe that pill for you and keep you out of the hospital. Interesting. Right? So uh, those are a few of the things that you should keep in mind uh, coming up. Now, but Ed, again, I'm sorry, yes, Ed, go ahead. I was going to ask you, going back to my example uh, before we brought you on about the Goodman Theater, it was there last night. They check your card, your vaccination card. Uh, they check your ID, and then you have to have a mask walking in. And I was surprised there were no staggered seating. It was full. So what's your, what are your thoughts about that? Well, if you're over 65 or have other medical problems, get your booster shot. Okay. That will give you the added protection. By the beginning of February, I had the first Pfizer vaccine. Mm -hmm. So the effectiveness of that was beginning to wane. That's why I got my booster shot when I did. And I'm going to be traveling out to California for a few weeks at the end of this month. And I wanted to have that extra protection for the airplane and when I was in California. So I don't run the risk of uh, uh, getting the, uh, the infection. So that... So I think that uh, I just was in a, a crowd the other day giving a speech, and I think your partner there, mm -hmm. Father Greg, was with me, sitting there listening to my, uh, uh, I hope, fairly persuasive you presentation gave on another issue. Job shot. And, uh, you know, I felt safe, and I've heard, I haven't heard from any of the 55 people who were at the Cliff Dwellers Club mm. <clears throat> that anyone has gotten sick. Greg, Greg didn't uh, try to come up and use the mic, did he at all? I did. I, I said the opening well, he prayer. Did, he oh. did, and he, he also was trying to help the Bears win. Uh, I'm afraid it, worked. it didn't work. It worked. <laughs> no. no, that week it did not. Oh, yeah. Hopefully, Cleveland from what I was work. talking about, about uh, trying to get more people trained and educated to fill all the jobs we have, mm -hmm. I'll be a little more successful than the Bears. And by the but way, that Mark, remains to be seen. Edward Maybe gave another us. time I can come on this show and talk about job shop. You can do that but too. Today, let's talk about this. Edward's presentation was outstanding, also for question and answers. Uh, Edward just is a great historian, speaker, author. And uh, now regarding COVID-19, Edward, is... Yes. I know you don't have a crystal ball, but are you expecting numbers to shoot upward as we get toward Christmas in January as it connects with the flu season and colder weather and people more indoors? Well, now that's a very good question. And I just watched Dr. Fauci answer that question. And I have the text of what he said sitting here in front of me. And uh, this is what he said. Wear your masks. If everyone wears a mask, remember, when you wear a mask, it's so that if you are carrying right now, right now, Father Greg, you could have COVID on you. And uh, if you didn't have a mask on, you might uh, give it to Mark. Mm -hmm. Mark, you may have COVID and you might give it to Father. Mm -hmm. By both of you wearing your masks, uh, you prevent that from happening. Mm -hmm. So it's still very important to do that. Remember, this is a world health emergency. 700,000 Americans have died now. That's more than any war we have ever fought. Is this a conspiracy? 
is this a political movement by some party to discredit the other party? Is this a, a conspiracy by the pharmaceutical companies to make more money? The answer to all those questions is no, 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 no. Mm -hmm. Remember this, the Spanish flu now killed fewer Americans than this has. Wow. How many, that, how many Americans the died? The Spanish flu killed fewer Americans. Now I knew you were going to ask me that, and I have the numbers here somewhere. So where Americans have lost... to you if I can find it. But it, it was like uh, 600,000 Americans died of the Spanish flu. Uh, now we're up to 700,000. And probably the excess deaths that we had last year, which uh, many of those were COVID-related, we're probably really over a million mm. dead. Now, right? Edward, along those lines, I've had people say to me, you know, Greg, the numbers are so inflated. Someone dies of a heart attack, they call it COVID-19. Someone dies of pneumonia, they call it COVID-19. No, no, I just don't understand sorry. people no. who are so anti-COVID that this is just a conspiracy. It's a way to scare people. And those people, I, I, some of them are my, are my friends, They, you just can't reason with them and it's very frustrating well, the reason why is there are over 500 anti-covid sites on social media right now spewing forth propagandistic lies to people and this is unfortunate because when those people get sick they're in the hospital they're dying they're saying things to doctors like boy i'm sorry i didn't wear my mask or where their father or mother dies and they maybe are sick and they feel maybe they infected their parents they say boy i wish i had followed the guidelines you know ed well, oh, i'm sorry go ahead go ahead no, i go was ahead. just going to say ed before we take a break uh what's your message to those folks who are unvaccinated at this point unvaccinated uh they're high risk of getting the infection and uh many of them now the numbers who are dying even though the numbers infected and dying at the this moment are low they are at risk greater risk of dying than those people who have been vaccinated and wear masks so please in alaska right now they are starting to ration care so people are wow. coming in they got three people covid one with a heart attack and they're deciding which one to save because they only have one ICU bed available. Wow. So they're deciding, they're picking who's going to live and who's going to die because wow. they don't have enough beds. Wow. So, now, this is a real tragedy. It and is. it's happened all over America before in hot spots. This is the truth. I'm a historian. I tell you what the facts tell me. This is the truth. And we either this learn... You know, international health emergency. There have been 4.8 million people who have died around the world of COVID. Now. So we either learn from history or we ignore it and continue to make those mistakes. mistakes. WNDZ 750M on your dial. We're going to take a little break. Catholic Chicago. Uh, or you can watch us on YouTube.com slash Catholic Chicago with Dr. Ed Gordon. We'll continue our conversation on COVID-19, the pandemic, his his historic perspective on it. But also, I want to ask when we get back about the holidays coming up, What, if, if in your insights, what can we plan for this holiday season? We'll be back in a few minutes. Please stay tuned.
Do you have an old bicycle that's not being used? Consider donating it to Catholic Charities Veterans Bike Project of Lake County. Skilled volunteers are refurbishing bicycles to make them safe and ready to be used by veterans to get to and from their new places of work. We also gratefully accept financial contributions that are used to purchase bike helmets and other safety accessories. Our veterans have faithfully served the United States and now it is our privilege to serve them. For more information on the Veterans Bike Project of Lake County, call 847-782-4219. That's 847-782-4219. Welcome back. Es fabuloso verlos. Dobrze jest znowu być razem. It's good to be together again. After so many months apart, pandemic capacity limits have been lifted, and we want to welcome everyone back to church. We can all pray together again. And listen as our choirs lift their voices in song. We've been together in spirit. And now when you are ready, our doors are open wide. Nuestras puertas están abiertas de par en par. Nasze drzwi są otwarte. And we're here to welcome you back to Catholic Mass. Ancestry and genealogy are more important every day. People all over the world are wanting to learn more about their family heritage for personal and for health reasons. At Catholic Charities, we are hearing from adults who lived for a brief time at St. Vincent's Orphanage, the wonderful, life-affirming agency that operated out of our headquarters for 91 years, serving thousands of women, children, and families until it closed in 1972. Our post-adoption services help adults who want to learn more about their experience at St. Vincent's. Our compassionate staff members provide whatever family background information they can offer, along with support and reunion services. To learn more, call 312-655-7093. That's 312-655-7093. The spirit of St. Vincent's lives on in the inspiring stories that continue to emerge today. Catholic Chicago, WNDZ, 750 AM, on your dial, 312-255-8408. Or you can see us on youtube.com slash Catholic Chicago. We're with Dr. Edward Gordon talking about the COVID-19 pandemic. He's giving us some updates and some hopeful messages. We're in the eighth inning, he said, uh, of this pandemic. 
Uh, Ed, when we took a little break, I was said when we come back, I wanted to ask you about the holidays coming up. What are your thoughts in terms of how do we, can we even prepare for them in any particular way? You're not on there. Look, Ed. COVID is not going to go away anytime soon. This is going to be with us a long time until people are reach some form of immunity. Now, 56% of Americans have at least had, are fully immunized. And 65% have had one shot. And now you have people who have had the virus and maybe not, don't know about it and have natural immunity. But the fact remains that by Christmas, this virus will still be with us. It will ultimately become like the flu, where it's going to be around. You're probably going to get a shot maybe every year. I, I can't, I don't know yet. We don't know about that yet, but it could be. All right. So if you're going to gather for Christmas, make sure everyone that you're with has had their <coughs> shots. Mm -hmm. All right. No, no, stop right now, Edward. I have to stop you. If you have, have a family, if you have a family gathering, this is where it gets yes. people have been battling in families regarding weddings and holidays coming up. I can name two families now that have had this past summer wedding gatherings, and members of the family not invited to the wedding because they were not vaccinated have called have caused wars within the family. You know, anger, hatred, name calling, and. If this happens again for the holidays, for example, if the family's getting together, but a sister's not allowed to come or a brother or the spouse because they're not vaccinated, this is really, it gets, talk about tension, it, it runs high. Well, look, ask those folks when they were children, did they get vaccinated for measles, polio? Remember when you were in school? how the school required you had to be vaccinated to go to school. You had to pr show proof. I remember that back in the 50s when I was a child and I, we had to be vaccinated at that time. So ask them, were they vaccinated at that time against polio? Mm -hmm. You know, Edward, let me, they say, let me no, they weren't. If they say no, they weren't because their their parents didn't believe in vaccinations then they have a real problem understanding modern science. You know, Edward, I've actually so said, many, I've actually used that. So many people have died. Yeah, but so many people have died in this century because they were not vaccinated, but the majority haven't. But Edward, I've All used right. that argument, which I totally agree with you about polio, about measles, and the response is, but with the COVID-19 shot, we don't know long-term effects to my body. Regarding the COVID-19 shot, it's all overrated. Regarding the COVID-19 shot, no one's going to tell me what to do. But especially the one, there's no proof that 20 years from now, it will not affect me in another way. And therefore, they're saying, guess what? I won't go to the Christmas party for the family. I won't go to the wedding. And battle lines are drawn. So I, but I do agree with you. The question reasoning is outstanding. But even with those excellent questions, people have a comeback on why I refuse the shot. There is no data to indicate that any of that is true. The numbers of people who have died or have had 
ill side effects from measles shots, polio shots, flu shots is infinitesimal compared to the numbers of people who refuse the shots and have died. Yep. Remember the Black Death, the plague. Mm -hmm. This is the plague. This mm -hmm. is a modern version. Will this happen again? Possibly another animal virus will transfer to humans and we'll have another plague like this. This is real. People are dying from yeah. it. And the thing is if people don't believe if people do not believe in science, then maybe they should stop seeing doctors entirely. Yeah. Maybe they shouldn't go to the hospital when they need an operation because there are always risks every time you go to the doctor. If you have surgery uh, for an appendicitis, uh, prostate, he'll tell you that there are risks. Yeah, there are risks for these shots. They're tiny. They're yeah. infinitesimal. And the thing is, Edward, everything you say I'm in total agreement with is what people who have not been vaccinated come back to me why with all the logic, all the scientific data, all the reasoning, say, that's nice, Greg. I refuse the shot because of here's my reason. And the number one cause I keep hearing over and over again is because there's not been enough studies regarding the long-term effect of the vaccination shot. Therefore, I refuse to do it because it may affect me 20 years down the road somehow. And it's like talking to a wall. By the way, our number is 312 840, if you want to jump in on with a question for Dr. Edward Gordon. Mark? Yeah, I want well, to... Well, wait, let me, let's respond to that for a minute. Maybe the 500 sites on social media that are spewing forth these lies, half-baked propaganda, they sell advertising. Oh, They're sure making they. a lot of money for oh, some sure they people. do. Yeah. And if that's the only way in which you get your information is by listening to social media and you don't read anything else any in-depth information from any other source, you have a problem because you're being victimized by propaganda. And also, if your stat holds up, the which it, it's a legitimate stat, the 65% of at least one shot, they know that their population between 35 and 40% of their base uh, is going to listen to what they're saying, the propaganda, because they haven't had the shots and they're buying in. I wanted to... Uh, switch it back to a, something I had talked about earlier and get your opinion on this. So the holidays. So at Cathedral, we struggle. We struggle with how are we gathering folks? Can we gather folks? What's safe? One of the things on the agenda is uh, our Christmas concert, which is a full, you know, 43-piece uh, City Lights Orchestra. It's a, it's a stunning, stunning we call it the rector's sounds of the season. We had one. We didn't do it last year. Everything looks like they do three or four of them. Everybody is planning on this concert. Then I'm, this is a long question, but I'm going back to my Goodman experience last night thinking, is it legitimate for us to think, well, if we ask people for their vaccination card and mask uh, to come into the concert, we're pretty safe at Cathedral to have an event like that. Uh, during the holidays? Well, there are, there will be risks. Uh, I guess 
Father Greg, turn up the ventilation system <laughs> so you circulate a lot of air. I mean, there are times when I'm in the cathedral in the summer and it's uh, I can really tell the air conditioning is blowing hard. Mm -hmm. Maybe you need to turn up the, the vents some more, but mask up, vaccine up, and, uh, you know, th those are the safeguards okay. that we need to take. Okay. So let's and, and also let's take a look at what the infection rate is at that, point, at that yeah. time. Right. All right. Uh, we're getting closer and closer to uh, mass immunity. We'll never have 100 percent. Right. But again, we want to safeguard people's lives as well as their souls. Exactly. So right. let's do that by getting a shot. And let's not do it by repeating this tidal wave of lies that are now tied also to politics, exactly. which is unfortunate. Exactly. We're going to take All a little right. break. WNDZ 750 AM on your dial, Catholic Chicago, 312-255-8408, or you can see us on youtube.com slash Catholic Chicago. We're with Dr. Ed Gordon. When we come back, we're going to switch gears a little bit. And we're going to continue our conversation uh, on the history of the Catholic Church. Ed take, will take us back to where we were when we left off at the last show. I and think we'll it was continue. the 6th century. I can't remember. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I, I'm not sure, but we'll be back in a few minutes. Please stay tuned. Throughout the COVID-19 pandemic, Catholic Charities has continued to respond to the needs of people who come to us for assistance. More than 850,000 meals and food parcels have been offered to those who are struggling with food insecurity. Over 108,000 homelessness prevention hotline calls have been answered. Over 22,000 people have received mental health services and $2 million in financial assistance has been provided to keep people housed. Catholic Charities in Lake County provides a comprehensive range of social services supporting individuals, families, and older adults. These include crisis assistance, shelter, clothing, family support, counseling, legal assistance, primary health care, and specialized services for seniors and veterans. Grab-and-go meals and food pantries help those who are experiencing food insecurity. Plus. We have a diaper depot to support low-income families and their infants. If we can assist you or someone you know, please call Catholic Charities of Lake County at 847-782-4000. That's 847-782-4000. The Cemetery Ministry is a core ministry of our Catholic faith tied to the corporal works of mercy. It's comforting to know that our Catholic cemeteries are caring for the remains of our loved ones awaiting the resurrection. There are 44 Archdiocese of Chicago Catholic cemeteries willing to help you in your time of loss. 
Call 708-449-6100 or visit catholiccemeterychicago.org. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837. I am a seminarian. The church needs compassionate and well-trained priests to help guide each of us through life. What inspires me, what draws me always to the priesthood is continuing to see priests be a beacon of hope for other people. You can play a part in the education of these young men as they prepare for a life of service to others. I want to be that beacon of hope too, and it, it sets my heart on fire. To support our seminarians, make your gift at archchicago.org slash seminarianfund or call 312-534-7959. Throughout the COVID-19 pandemic, Catholic Charities has continued to respond to the needs of people who come to us for assistance. More than 850,000 meals and food parcels have been offered to those who are struggling with food insecurity. Over 108,000 homelessness prevention hotline calls have been answered. Over 22,000 people have received mental health services and $2 million in financial assistance has been provided to keep people housed. If you or someone you know needs assistance, email us at gethelp at catholiccharities.net. That's gethelp at catholiccharities.net. Or call 312-655-7700. That's 312-655-7700. Before, during, and after COVID-19, Catholic Charities is here for you. You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. We're back, WNDZ, 7.50 a.m. on your dial, Catholic Chicago. Father Greg Sackowitz, Mark Teresi here, 312-255-8408. Or you can go to youtube.com slash catholicchicago, and we're with Dr. Edward Gordon, and we're moving in our program to... Before we move to the next segment with yeah. Dr. Gordon, I have to do a shout-out to uh, Brian... Hockey hitman Brock. He's really buzzing around he's there. Buzz, he's by himself in the studio doing the work of four people, and uh, he's got a big smile on his face. <laughs> also, he and I are both diehard White Sox fans, and we go to the playoffs. We go to the playoffs on Thursday. Uh, I do like their chances, but they have to steal a game in Houston. The Bears, by the way, won yesterday, yeah. but where the Bears are not a they good team, good. They look good. the Lions are worse. Yeah, I know. And But the, a win is a win. You take the win, and now move on to uh, the Raiders next week. So and that, Cubs, that's been our sports by, segment. And by the way, the Cubs finished only 26 and a half games out. And by the way, they set a major league record in the history of baseball. They used this season 60, I think it was 67 players, yeah. 60, 69, 68 players for this year a record 68 players on one roster because of injuries, trades, 
whatever bringing guys up and uh and what a great what a great process because they only ended up 26 and a half games out and so it must have worked i'll tell you they got some guys in the pipeline they're going to be good down the road but it'll take a couple of years so bring it back mark so let's dr edward gordon let's talk history history of our church where were we when we left off and keep us moving forward well today is a historic day in the history of the catholic church in the united states and i challenge both of you to tell me why uh, the Feast of St. Francis of Assisi. That's not the case. That's important, and that's sort of tied into what we're going to talk about next. With all um, the religion. No, today in 1965, Pope John oh, Paul II addressed the UN, yeah. and that's the first time, of course, the first sitting pope ever traveled to a, the United States, but it was the first time any pope ever addressed the United Nations. How about sports so, for I, 400? I was going to say that. You Sports for to, 400. You beat me to it, Ed. <laughs> okay. Very good, right. Edward. So anyway, Father Greg, you have a great memory because we are going back to the 6th century. How do you, you remember that from a long time ago when we were uh, talking about this? What a because great guess. We're going to talk about, and, and you guys are going to ask me about, the rise of the monastic orders, which started in the Middle Ages. Uh, before the uh, orders were organized, there were monasteries scattered throughout Europe. Now we're in the 500s uh, in Europe. The Roman Empire has fallen. Uh, but the first religious order to organize a widespread number of monasteries and have a rule were the Benedictines. And in 529, uh, St. Benedict, who is considered the father of Western monasticism, mm -hmm. organized the Benedictine order. Why is this so important? Well, he wrote a rule. The rule is the way in which these monks would live in these monasteries and follow on a day-to-day -day basis. Maybe some of you have gone to uh, either uh, Mont Saint-Michel in France, which is a Benedictine site, or uh, you have gone in Italy to uh, Monte Cassino, which exactly. is also another Benedictine site. Beautiful. Uh, there beautiful uh, is a, a movie that you could watch, Into the Great Silence. In fact, I think I gave Father Greg a copy of it when he was recuperating. I don't think he read know. it. And you right, said Great uh, Silence? Uh, the great silence, yeah. right, right. Well, they, it's they, yet this, to be read. No, Edward, you either. gave me the DVD, but I have not but, watched it. Uh, you know, I visited both of these sites, and uh, pilgrimages occur to both of them. Now, Monte Cassino, of course, has been destroyed several times mm -hmm. by earthquakes, wars. Uh, during the Second World War, the Germans used it as part of a fortified line to stop the Allies. We bombed it. When I saw it the last time a few years ago, it almost had been totally restored to the way it looked. Mm -hmm. uh, and it had uh, the contributions from individuals had done it. No government money was involved from the United States. And it's not Beautiful. easy. It's not easy, Ed, to. I remember when we were there with a group from Mundelein, a lot of steps. I mean, it's physically yes. a challenge. Yes, it is. And many older people couldn't do it now. Mm -hmm. There's also a huge cemetery filled with Polish soldiers who fought in the British Army 
Uh, when I was there, like Valenza had just been there and had placed uh, flowers oh, in that wow. cemetery. Beautiful. And Monte Cassino is off the coast of France. Uh, also too many steps to get to the top of Monte Cassino. Uh, a beautiful site. I highly recommend it to uh, all of you going to France. It's right next to Normandy and the Normandy beaches. So uh, the other order, of course, uh, that uh, uh, Greg just touched on is St. Francis, mm -hmm. the Franciscans in Assisi. Uh, that is a mendicant order, which are a traveling order of friars uh, who rely upon people to give them sustenance. And when uh, St. Francis died uh, in a small little chapel in the valley right below mm -hmm. where they built the monastery, he told his people, don't build me a monument on top of that hill. So immediately what they did is they built the, the monument. monument on top of <laughs> so I visited Assisi. I visited Assisi before the earthquake because they had the uh, tremendous mosaic, the, the panels in the church that fell down and killed right. a number of people. That's right. all been restored. St. Francis is in the crypt mm -hmm. underneath the uh, church, but all that's left of him is in an urn because they've taken so many relics from him. All that's left are pieces in an urn now. Hmm. Uh, also, too, St. Scholastica is there, the founder of the uh, the uh, religious order for women. She is preserved in the crypt. Uh, there's a wax effigy over her body, uh, so she looks like a young woman sitting in that church. Now, what about St. Clair? Uh, what what about St. Clair? Don't forget her. St. This... Clair. I'm sorry, St. Clair. Yeah. That's right. It's St. Clair. Oh, it is. Oh, I thought you were uh, talking about both. It's St. Clair. It's not St. Clair. It's St. Clair. Um, now, the Trappist monks, also in, the, in Europe, called the Cistercians. After we visited Monte Cassino, we visited another uh, nearby monastery, and the Cistercians are a much more austere group than the Benedictines. The Benedictine church is very elaborate, uh, many statues, many beautiful frescoes. The Cistercian search uh, was very plain, very plain indeed. Ed, could the I Trappist ask you, monks, I, I, you a yes. personal question? Um, yeah. So the Benedictines, six, you know, around 529, whenever, right around there, what has sustained them for all these years? I mean, they've grown. Ah, no, that's... That's a very good question. And I, I was just going to get into that. Oh. You know, you read my mind. Well, that's good. Uh, what, what causes young men to become priests? All right. Now, in each age, it's different. In the Middle Ages, uh, the choices were very limited in terms of what young men would do. Most people were farmers. Mm -hmm. This is the age of serfdom. This is the age of subsistence agriculture. Uh, there was no international trade. Uh, if you didn't grow the crops in your area, uh, you, you basically would starve, mm -hmm. all right? Uh, men were drawn to the church as nobles and others died. They would dedicate and give land to the church. That's where all these monasteries and churches came from. 
Uh, same thing is even true today in the United States. <clears throat> a lot of the land in downtown Chicago was given to the church in past years, and uh, the archdiocese owns it, and they lease the land upon which the buildings stand in parts of downtown Chicago right now. Now, Edward, a quick question. Edward, and this is important. In the Archdiocese well, of Chicago, uh, Edward, in the Archdiocese of Chicago, I'm, with the Passionist priest, the Holy Cross priest, and some mm-hmm. of this um, land goes back well over 100 years. Did these religious communities in Chicago buy the property at a nominal price, or is it given to them? See, I always felt like most the, of it was most was given to so them. I think gives. they did buy some. Interesting. That's very. And, and some of these are, of course, missionary orders. Yes. Uh, uh, our past cardinal, uh, as as you both know, was an oblate father, mm-hmm. which is a missionary order. Uh, so uh, th- that. In the 19th and 20th century, early 20th century, uh, that was a huge number of people in Western Europe and the United States who became priests, became missionaries. I think of that now area about, like, a te- we got to go to a break, but I think of that area like Techni on Waukegan Road, I think it's a little bit north yes. of Glenview, huge property going back to the 1800s, 1850s, 1860s. Maybe that property was given to the that order community and they had to sell off some of it in later years. No, no, no. Is it leased? It's leased. That's the wisdom of that order. All that stuff on Waukegan Road on the other side of the street and also to further, a a little bit further east, because when I was at Munline, we talked to them about that. All of that is leased property to fund their missions in the future. So the community still owns a property. Yeah. I know a missionary... uh, Divine Word, who was in New Guinea yeah. as a missionary for many decades and finally retired, and he recently died at, uh, at Technic. Yeah, at Technic. We're going to take so, a little break and come back. WNDZ 750 AM, Catholic Chicago, YouTube.com slash Catholic Chicago. We're going to be back with Dr. Ed Gordon and continue our conversation. Fascinating on monastic orders in the history of our church. My wife gave me, we want to go to Ireland. My wife gave me a book on Ireland. How many monasteries are in that book in terms of from from centuries ago? Uh, anyway, we'll be back. It's a fascinating conversation. We'll be back in a few minutes. Please stay tuned. Catholic Charities Veterans Employment Services help veterans find and maintain employment through job readiness training, resume writing assistance, mock interviews, and job placement counseling. We work with a wide array of employers and community partners to help veterans reach their career goals. We owe a debt of gratitude to all of our veterans for the sacrifices they made to serve our nation. It is our privilege now to assist them. To learn more about Catholic Charities Veterans Employment Program in Cook County, call 773-808-2954. 
In Lake County, call 847-782-4219. You can also learn more at catholiccharities.net. To all United States veterans, thank you for your service. I feel special. <laughs> I feel great. I got good grades. We've seen a huge surge in our kids now meeting or exceeding grade level. Come check us out. You may have never thought we were an option before. Are you looking for quality, affordable childcare at this back-to-school time of year? Look no further than Catholic Charities Child Development Centers. We have two locations conveniently located in Berwyn and Summit, offering before and after-school care, as well as full-day childcare. Each center offers a safe, welcoming environment where children receive a nutritious breakfast, lunch, and snack while participating in a creative, age-appropriate curriculum that is challenging and fun. Preschoolers enjoy art, music, literature, and computer activities, while our school-age program includes homework help, art, sports, music, field trips, and more. Catholic Charity staff members are highly qualified, caring people who want the very best for every child. Our child care centers are especially popular with working parents. Enroll your child today. To learn more, visit catholiccharities.net slash child development or call 312-636-5398. That's 312-636-5398. We're back, Catholic Chicago, Father Greg Sackowitz, Mark Teresi here, WNDZ, 750 AM, 312-255-8408, or you can go to youtube.com slash Catholic Chicago with Dr. Edward Gordon, talking a bit about the history of monastic orders here in our church. That's the part of history we're discussing um, this morning. What about Ireland, Ed? That book that my wife gave me has all these monasteries <laughs> In Ireland. Well, yes, and the monastic movement in Ireland was very important because that, in many ways, helped to spread the monastic movement across Europe. Oh, wow. And it was, and it was monks, uh, Irish monks and others, who started schools mm. in the monasteries and then later in the cathedrals to help educate uh, children some became monks, others uh, were not, but that was extremely important. But the whole idea of religious life and missionary life here in this country, it's a good example are the missions of California, the 21 missions still existing that you can visit. Mm -hmm. Father Yerna Paracera uh, was a Franciscan who started those missions in 1763. And they had been already spread throughout South America and Central America by the Spanish, mainly to uh, 
the Native Americans not only to convert them to Catholicism, but also to create a peasant class to occupy Spanish America because the Spanish didn't want to come uh, from Spain to the New World. Hmm. Uh, they didn't deport people uh, like uh, England did, sending the dissenters and other convicts to America, indentured servants. But Sarah is very important because this question of why men become priests today is vital. When you looked at those commercials a minute ago, those of you that are watching us on YouTube, you saw all those gray-haired priests. Yes, we need more young priests. I wanted to point this out, that there is a group of lay people called Sarah International. Mm -hmm. They're made up of Catholic lay people, and they're across the U.S., and they have clubs, and they are meant to try to encourage men to become Catholic priests. And they're having their international conference here in Chicago, October 7th through 9th at the Palmer House. Are you going to it, uh, by the way? I will be going to part of that, yes. I was invited to, to come. Uh, they're having their banquet at the Cliff Dwellers. That's how I met the head of Sarah International. They don't have all the answers. No. I'm not saying they do, but... The point is, unless we encourage young boys, adolescent and older men even, to consider and discuss the idea of priesthood, we have right now a crisis of priesthood because of postmodernism and the challenge of spirituality in modern life. The Let three me... of us and those people listening uh, believe in the church mm -hmm. and the value of our faith. Let me, let me add this, Edward. We need to encourage others to do this. I totally agree with all you're saying. Now, make it real clear. The priests of the Archdiocese of Chicago, we are diocesan secular priests. So I'm not a religious right. order. I'm not a Dominican. I'm not a Franciscan. Right. I'm not a Holy Cross priest. Those are religious orders. The Archdiocese of Chicago, the University of Seymour of the Lake, Mundelein Seminary, where I spent four years in the Theologate, and Mark spent 15 years as part of director of development in later years, uh, the men ordained at Mundelein were diocesan parish priests. So I chose, when I entered Niles College Seminary years ago, not to join a religious community, but I wanted to stay in the archdiocese as a parish priest. And I've, God, is, God is good. You know, God is good, and I feel so blessed with the gift of priesthood. A quick question in the last few minutes, Edward. When you talk about the rise of monasticism, the question is, Why? Why the rise of the Benedictine Order? Why the rise of uh, the Holy Cross community, which of course is later on, but in any religious community, going back to the 6th and 7th century, why did it even originally arise? What was going on in that world at that time that had the, the start of any monastic group? Yes. Well, the, Holy Roman, the Roman Empire fell around 476, Europe splintered into basically a, a little fragments. There was no unified government. The age of faith was the age in which the Catholic Church became the principal social institution in Europe. The monasteries, the monks, the priests, they were one of the major, in fact, they were the major uh, carriers of civilization. Mm. They preserved the manuscripts and books of earlier time periods. They were the ones who set up the first schools and hospitals and hospices. They were the ones that supported 
the, the building of the great cathedrals of Europe. We'll talk about that next time. Uh, many people have visited those cathedrals. I'll talk about it. The church was a spiritual and social institution. It was the center of life in the Middle Ages. That's why this occurred, and that's why many men were called to it. Today, today, spirituality, once again, needs to be a center of our civilization. And we need the faithful, that they are the church, but we need an ordained priesthood as well in order to give us the transubstantiation, the sacraments of the Eucharist, the other seven sacraments that, that we have to sustain us in our work. So, Father Greg, you're going to live to be 150. <laughs> we need you. You can't leave. You can't leave. Rector uh, of the cathedral. And, and, we'll, and we'll help you by giving you health tips, won't we, Mark? <laughs> exactly. And, and Mark... You know, and Mark and I are very, I noticed Mark was left-handed. Yes, yeah. I'm left-handed, too, which sure. proves that we're in our right minds. Exactly, so exactly. Okay. All right. <laughs> no, that is that is great. Keep telling Greg that. Keep telling Greg That's that. right. So I, I hope that answers your question, Greg. Do, do you have a, we're going to wrap it up in a little bit, but do you have a favorite religious order that you kind of gravitate toward? Well, when I was a child, I had Polish Franciscan women, the, the Felician sisters at St. Linus taught me, and they did a good job. Good. And then the Maris brothers, who were from France originally, mm -hmm. they certainly did a good job. And, in and my then uh, at DePaul, we had... Vincentians. Uh, Vincentians. Vincentians, that's right. And this is the 50th anniversary of my graduating from DePaul, and I'm chairing the alumni festivities in the middle of this month. Oh, congratulations. And I can't believe that uh, uh, Edward Father is... Father Cartahue and Father Richardson... 39 years old. ...now and others. Well, give we the date. Give the date and time. We're running, we oh, ran out of time. The 15th. That, well, we're having a lunch on the 15th of October for the 50-year club for Wonderful. us that have thus far survived. Edward, have to bring it to a close. <laughs> Dr. Edward Gordon has been our guest this hour. Edward, you'll be back again. You are phenomenal. Yes. Uh, give our love and hugs to uh, Elaine, and uh, thank you special to uh, Mark Teresi, co-host, and to our producer, engineer, who did everything this morning, Brian Hockey, Hitman Brock. To all our listeners, God bless you. Great week. Go White Sox. Go Bears. every Monday through Friday at this time for Catholic Chicago. You can stream our programs live or listen to past programs by visiting our website, archchicago.org, and clicking on Radio TV. And please connect with Catholic Chicago on social media.